it's a topic that has been obviously very widely talked about and, and some high profile departures have, have put this into the press. I think what you have is a meeting of a number of different factors. The neobanks are expanding at scale. They are going through a very exciting growth. You just look at the numbers published recently and their results. You know, it's, these are 200%, 300%, 400% growth. With that, it means that the organizations are changing and evolving very rapidly. So in some ways, we're seeing everything in fast forward. We're seeing the needs of the executive team, the leadership profiles change at a very rapid rate. And we're seeing leaders move in and out at, at, a, at, a, at a scale as well. I think... Beyond that, however, the neobanks often have a very different corporate culture to some of the other incumbents, some of the places where some of these executives are coming from. So they, they find themselves moving from an organization, a bank of several thousand individuals across the globe to a very much smaller and much more tightly integrated team, often dominated by a founder personality. And for some people, that's heaven. For some people, that works extremely well. And you know, their, their career pivots towards that and they're incredibly successful. But for many, that's simply a very, very hard transition to make. And I think there are a number of people who transition out because it's just not an environment that, that suits them. Well, there's a phrase you use there that I'm going to pick up on because it's something that is familiar across any growing or growth industry, and that's founder personality. The driving force, the ego that creates something isn't necessarily going to be one that lets other people share with its toys and equally is not necessarily going to be one that is suited to building a business having created it. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, we can all point to the very few examples of where a founder has gone on to be the CEO of a big multinational company as, as it's grown, but it is a handful. So I think every founder potentially listening to this podcast will, will also re relate to this factor. What founders do bring and what has enabled the neobanks to grow to the size and scale they are and to, to do as well as they are doing. We can, we can, if we want to talk about some of the challenges, but if we think about the success, it has, it often is that personality, you know, it is that drive, that ambition, that energy, which appeals and you know, is, is a magnet and it's a magnet to customers as well as to, you know, to, to staff and to teams, but that very drive energy, narrow minded focus can be the, you know, the, the downfall or, or the problem for that for that executive as they you know as they go to kind of grow and scale the business for sure well it certainly is not necessarily the right kind of personality for the business let, let, let's pick up on some of the other issues that neobanks are facing since you you raised that yourself what what are those issues as you see them i think the biggest one right now is the race for profitability particularly given the market that we find ourselves moving into, the recessionary cycle that, that we're facing. I think this is going to be the biggest challenge and unfortunately may be an unwanted hurdle in, 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 in the story and the trajectory of, of, of these really exciting, exciting businesses. We really do see that because of the need for all of the banks to really double down on cost and think about their their operating model and shift to probably different operating models moving forward. You know, they will struggle in some in some cases to, to retain some of the exciting talent that they've built. They, they may lose people as well because of that. I think also you are an executive who is 
considering a move at the moment and, and, and you have in front of you a bank where your costs are very, very high and you know that they are not profitable yet and that they may be struggling in the future versus an opportunity with a business which is perhaps a bit more mature and a bit more stable, there will be many people who will go for the safer option um, in the current market. So we do see that it may be a, a difficult period ahead uh, for, um, for those banks. I don't want to put you on the spot here. If you say there's going to be a difficult period ahead, how difficult are we talking? Are you expecting to see any of the neobanks, dare I say it, fail? Or is it more likely that there will be an agglomeration with existing institutions, that the traditional banks, as we, we think of them, moving in and take, taking over and picking off neobanks, partly as a way of bringing in-house their expertise, and at the same time of seeing neo banks merging, I certainly hope and, th- and hope and believe that it will be the latter. I don't like to think that, given how so- how far some of these businesses have come, it will be as simple as saying you know they're going to fail and, and and go under it overnight. I think there's a lot of energy and a lot of direction behind it. I think lots of the not just incumbent businesses, but also investors, you know, PE uh, community, look at what they have achieved and and find it incredibly exciting. But I think we may well have a period of consolidation for sure. Well, it it may be incredibly exciting, but it's still not yet profitable. Uh, What is the road to profitability? The road to profitability is is much more sustainable growth and really bringing people on board who who, who think think about cost and think about operating model above all else. The challenge is to balance that with maintaining the strong customer focus and customer advocacy. We've already seen... Uh, a number of the banks, you know, Monzo have talked about their their pivot and, and the fact that they are looking at different products and trying to bring more profitable products, revenue generating products into their portfolio. And, and they have to do that. It, it, it's a kind of must must have moment for them to, um, to, to to look at that. Well, let's let's round up with the the ideal leader then, because obviously yeah. there are issues, as we've identified with the founder personality. There are also issues with what I would describe, although you very politely didn't, the institutionalized individual who might, for example, have come out of a traditional bank and moved into a neobank and found the culture uncomfortable. So where do you find the right leadership for these banks at this stage? How long did you say we had on this topic, Robin? This is this is a topic very very close to my heart, and probably one I could talk about for hours. We've been doing a lot and lot of work around this for, for obvious reasons, and actually for both thinking about it from an incumbent perspective, so thinking about the future profile, the future leadership profile of a Nat a NatWest, a Lloyd's, a nationwide, but also thinking about it from a Monzo Revolut perspective as well. And I think what we see in the industry very broadly is a move away from looking at the table stakes, if you like, of having that industry expertise, risk and regulatory expertise, strong operational performance background, etc., to thinking much more around technology, product, customer engagement, and, and how all of these things kind of come together, as well as, and this is the piece which I find super interesting, much more of a focus around purpose and culture because those are the pieces which really inspire your teams and and build very strong leaders and so to answer your question a little bit because you you asked me specifically around the the neobanks not not more broadly but i think within the neobanks i think it is you that they have been very very 
heavy and hot on tech product and purpose and direction in many ways. And so their pivot is to say, let's hold on to that and see whether we can make sure we've got that on our executive committee. But also we need to bring in some of those other elements that, that the big banks have had. So how, how do we bring that risk and regulatory experience? How do we bring the people who know who have navigated a crisis? You've been here, you know, were around in the financial crisis and kind of seen things happen like this before and, and can respond to that. But at the same time, don't stifle our culture and that's the really 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 hard bit because you need to be able to find the right balance around the executive team and you don't need to find it all in one individual you don't need your ceo to be this amazing chameleon who can do everything but you need a ceo who recognizes their own weaknesses and supports that with them around the team and you need the ceo who whilst they may not be the technology expert at least has a strong brief belief and vision in how technology is changing the industry and you know how how that is going to impact upon so it's finding that balance it's being able to kind of be you know left-handed and right-handed at the same time really kind of ampidextrous leadership if you like well i agree with everything you've said but there was one phrase that i i am going to take exception with and that is ceo that recognizes his own weakness or indeed her own weakness I've never yet met a CEO who admits to any weakness. No, no, that's fair. That's a fair challenge. Um, and look, it's what makes CEOs great is in, in many ways is, 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 is that belief, self-belief, confidence, etc. You need that in a CEO. Of course you do. But I think there has to be some, some humility. I, I really do. I think the leader of the future will still have an ego. All CEOs have an ego and they must have an ego, but I think they, you know, they need that drive, they need that competitiveness, they need to want their business to be the best for sure, but they need to also have the humility to, to recognise when they need to hire experts around them. So hopefully that will be a, a growing trait amongst the CEOs of the future. Let's end up talking about the workforce then, and perhaps if we broaden this out from the neobanks to the more broader economy, we're looking at mass layoffs across the world in every industry. How is that going to affect corporate culture? How are companies going to survive? How are they going to build back? Any restructuring, any mass redundancy programs are very, very tough for, or for everybody, actually. You know, for those, those, that, those that remain, those that are let go, those that are just you know, part of today's society and therefore impacted upon it because it... It, 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 it is something which is difficult to um, to absorb. I, I think from a leadership perspective, from a corporate culture perspective, I think it puts even more emphasis on on needing those leaders at the top of the table who do you know, demonstrate high levels of EQ, compassion, empathy, awareness of, of, of what is going on. The challenge is that many leaders are trying to do that with a remote workforce currently. So it's not only a challenge of how do you engage and motivate your, your team in, in the midst of restructuring and redundancy, but how do you do that when you can't actually physically look them in the eye, when you can't actually get in a room with them? And many of our, of our contacts, of our clients have, have reached out to us and, and asked for, for guidance, asked for help, asked for, you know, case studies, best practice, examples of how they can, how they can do this. And, the reality is it's relatively un, you know, a relatively untrodden path. This is a new, era, a new era and something new that, that everyone is, is facing. I think it's really going to draw on that need for purposeful leadership again and for the people that really work out how do they 
how do they inspire a team and help their organization and the, the team may be thousands you know we're not just talking about a team you can get on your screen in front of you but how do you inspire that team to to, to get behind you and to, to, to realize that, you know, they, they need to help the organization kind of move forward and help the economy, their economies, wherever they are in the world to, to move forward. But I don't think there's an easy answer. I think it's, is, is going to be really a, a test for many leaders as they think about kind of engaging a remote work, workforce.